This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Well, welcome here today. Church of the Harvest Healing Center service. We are miracles bound. The love of God flows and Holy Spirit has his way. Amen. Do you want to leave different than you came? I do. I always do. I've heard from several of you that um, <clears throat> symptoms have been plaguing your body. All I can do is tell you you're not alone. You're not alone. But how quick do we respond to those symptoms and what do we do with them determines how comfortable they get and how long they stay. So if you have put up with something over the last couple weeks, couple months, couple years, or all of your life, put it on notice today. It ends today. It ends today. And you know, you draw the line. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's amazing. Uh, it is amazing when you take the Word of God. And we've been teaching about that. And so I'm going to put a couple plugs in Sunday school. Uh, for the next three weeks is going to be about healing, dedicated to, he to, to healing. And then Velda uh, uh, Shearhard from Santa Kennedy Ministries is, of course, coming in uh, in March. And we're going to have our healing conference on Sunday morning, Sunday night, March the 8th, and Monday night on the 9th. I think I got those dates right. And, of course, our team will be training on the 7th with her, which is wonderful. Uh, so healing school and the uh, Sunday school is all about, and this is all about getting prepped and receiving your healing. So I'm going to encourage you because diseases of long continuance are under the curse. And we have been redeemed from the curse. And so if you've taken a time out, which I think all of us have at some point in time or another when you deal with symptoms and they're persistent and sometimes just kind of say, well, I can live with this. Well, change your mind and say, no, 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 no. And if you look at sickness and disease as the enemy that it is, then you won't tolerate anything. And you will demand your body to line up. And so, yeah, but it still hurts. And I have to tilt my head and say, and? What does that have to do with the Word of God? So when the Word of God is final authority and we believe the Word of God is, what you believe is what you will act on. If you don't believe it, there's going to be no corresponding actions. So today, it's going to be very basic and very simple. I'm going to talk about simple faith and believing God. Well, how does that relate to healing? Well, you'll be surprised. It relates to everything that you need where uh, the, the word of God is concerned and life is concerned. Because if you don't believe the word of God, you're believing something else. You don't, you, you believe something. You know, we talk about unbelief, but you always believe something. Either you believe and you're in God's camp or you're in unbelief where God's camp is concerned and you're in belief where the enemy. So whoever you agree with is the results you're going to see on a consistent basis in your life. Isn't that really deep? <laughs> so, okay. So we're going to talk about several things. I'm going to, go to, I'm going to start out with 1 Corinthians 1. Let's go there and start because uh, God showed me something this morning from, you know, how you... 
how you find something and then you, you know, just all excited about it for a long time and then you kind of let it go. And so God showed me this scripture again this morning, or these scriptures. 1 Corinthians 1. I'm going to start in verse 17. For Christ, remember Christ, the anointed one and his anointing sent me not to baptize, this is Paul talking, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. So we can say it this way, the word, studying the word, putting the word in your heart and acting like the word is true, to them that perish, it's foolishness. But to us, which are saved. What does that word saved mean? Sozo. Saved, healed, delivered, preserved, set free, nothing missing, nothing broken. So let's read it this way. But to us, which are healed, to us, which are shalom, to us that are saved going to heaven, to us that are prosperous. Why? Because if you look at all of us, we're not in the fullness of it, right? But are we trying to get righteous or are we righteous? We are righteous. We've been made righteous. So if you've already been made righteous, you're not trying to get it anymore, right? So are we victorious or are we trying to be victorious? So then are we healed or are we trying to get healed? We're healed. We're healed. See, when you start coming from a different perspective, when you're trying to do something, all of those obstacles are in your way. But when you have been placed somewhere, you are somewhere, and you can see what's going on from the view that we are seated with Christ in the heavenlies, you start looking at it like, well, how dare that come? you know who I am? Do you know? I like it when these people think they're something sometimes and they act on do you know who I am do you know who I am do you know who I'm married to do you you know that you see them on the on the news and stuff like that because they're flaunting their position <laughs> and you know you just kind of hang your head because you feel embarrassed for them but at the same token I think do you know who I am? Do you know? So I take what they're doing with some authority against the devil. Do you know who you're talking to? How would you even bring that up? You have no rights here. See, so you twist around what the devil is trying to do to you, and you always stay in God's camp, agree with God. So to them, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish, their eyes are darkened, they see dimly because the God of this world, Satan, has blinded their eyes. So never forget that. When somebody is fighting against you, especially in the things of the gospel, remember it, by the grace of God, we go. Somebody prayed for us. We saw something, it pierced the darkness, and we made a choice, and we chose God. They just haven't done that yet. But there's still hope. As long as they're on this earth, there's still hope. Um, but to them that perish, it's foolishness. But to, unto us which are saved, it's the power of God. Unto us that are in the kingdom, adopted by God into his kingdom, who have the rights, the rights and the obligation for the things of God. We have rights. Don't you like your rights? Amen. I like my rights. 
I'm not just going to let them sit there until I go to heaven because those rights are expired when I go to heaven because they're really not necessary, are they? Faith is will be forever. We're always the just will live by faith. That doesn't change. But what devil are you going to fight regarding healing when you get to heaven? Are you taking this body with you? No, 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 no in a thousand times. No, I get a new one. This one stays behind. It's already been purchased a new one for me. So you have to think in light of those things. So it's to unto us are saved, healed, delivered, shalom. It is the power of God. For it's written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? I want you to keep those scriptures in mind when we start talking about how we stand, how, what we believe, what do we say? Because to the world, it's foolishness. Let's face it, to our minds sometimes it's like, ain't nothing happening there. I mean... Be honest with yourself sometimes and think, you're standing, you're believing, and in the back of your mind, the devil's telling you, well, what do you see? Well, nothing. Well, why are you even talking to him? You can talk at him, but why are you, why are you having a conversation? Because he has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And I went through uh, Galatians 3 this last week in the groups, and it talks about how he fooled Eve. And the subtleness, the steps that they, he went through. And she walked along with him on the steps until she got to reasoning and reasoning stole her faith. And so it's a process. Remember in Proverbs where God's telling the, the, the young man, when you see a harlot, turn around, go cross the street, go the other way. But most of us think, well, listen, we can walk by these things and it won't touch us. But the enemy's been around for a long time. He understands different things, and he uses those things to get a snare. And so we have to be wise as serpents, but we're supposed to be as meek as dove. And the foolishness of what the Bible calls the foolishness of the gospel is where our deliverance comes from a lot of times. Doing what the simple little things, they think it's foolish, but we know it's wise doing the simple little things to get what God has paid for, what Jesus paid for at the cross. Hath not, uh, has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. The foolishness of preaching. When you hear somebody preach and teach the word of God, whatever they're teaching or preaching on based on the word of God, that power is present. So today we're teaching, preaching on healing. So the healing power of God is present. You don't have to wait for somebody to lay hands on you. And you know, many times Jesus didn't lay hands on anybody. He spoke. So in many times, or several times in there, you look in the woman with the issue of blood came and she had already decided, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. When do you think she received that? When she decided, wasn't it? She got the manifestation of it as she went and completed the action, the manifestation. It's the only place that says that he knew that virtue or power had gone out of him. But that decision 
was way back when. And she kept saying, she kept saying, when you think about what she did and how she risked her life to go out there and get what God said belonged to her, you know what? How many people have you invited to be here today? I don't know about you, but I do a lot. And some days the devil just beats me up and says, well, how many of them actually come? Well, you know, I was traveling the other day and I had to stop for gas and I ended up stopping where I didn't want to stop. I was not particularly happy. I wasn't unhappy, but I wasn't happy about it. And then I get out to put gas in the vehicle, and, and I have to go in and pay because it doesn't have an automatic pay thing. You know, it's really irritating to me when you do the automatic pay thing and it says, oh, go, get, go in there and get your receipt. No, that is not why I stopped here. I wanted to get my gas and go. So anyway, so I go in there, and this is on the way. Now, mind you, I'm in a place I don't want to be, in a location that's not great, in a filling station that looks pretty old at this point in time, and i got to go in to get this receipt. I'm thinking, mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So I go in there, and the woman is talking like that. She said, just never mind me. And I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> and so she proceeds to tell me what's going on. And um, although nothing's really wrong, but she has no voice. Well, something's wrong. You know, something's not right. So we do the business or whatever, and I thought, you know, I just looked at her. I said, well, would you like me to pray for you? Oh, yeah, would you? I said, well, just lean in here, and I prayed for her, whatever. And there was a little bit of a difference immediately, and I told her by the Spirit. I said, by the end of the day, this will not be an issue at all. And so I said, well, can I just, you know, go around the corner, use your restroom? She said, absolutely. So as I'm walking, she said, I heard her say, I just love when people like you come in. Divine appointment. Divine appointment. That was one, and a few hours later, I ended up in kind of the same situation with another divine appointment and instant healing. You know, you just don't know. So you go out and you do the foolishness that's going through your mind about, well... You know, they're going to think you're crazy. You know, we were in a restaurant the other day, and this guy comes up, and the lady I'm with is not in this type of circle, but she listens to me about healing and stuff. And so the guy comes up, and I said, I'm trying to lose my voice. I didn't say anything. I was really good. She said, well, what are you trying to lose it for? He said, well, I'm kind of not trying to lose it, but I'm trying to lose it. And she said, well, you can't have it both ways. You're either trying to get rid of it or you're trying to get it. I thought, yay, go for it. So we went through the whole thing, and then after the dinner was over, whatever, he opened the door again for me to be able to pray for him. And, you know, a lot of people around or whatever, you can see their eyes looking to see who's looking. I don't care. I close my eyes. They can't see me that way and pray. And God shows up. God always shows up. He never misses. So you put your faith on it. It's foolishness to them. But to us, we're going to see what it really is. So 22, and the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing, crucified. Unto the Jews, this is a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks, it's foolishness. But unto them which are called, are you called? Okay, so unto us which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, what does it say? The power of of God and the wisdom of God. So let's go back to this one. I'm going to keep reading, but um, I want to go back to so 23. Look at this. 
but we preach the power of God and the wisdom of God crucified. Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God, the anointed one in his anointing. So where you see Christ, you can, you can say, well, that is the power of God, and that is the wisdom of God. We teach Christ. We teach our healer. We teach the power of God and the wisdom of God for healing. How many of you ever heard one, one word from God can change your life forever? Is that not true? Is there anybody in this room that's never experienced hearing one word from God and the whole situation turned? It is a miraculous thing. Because when you hook up with God and do it God's way, you get God's results. Is that not right? So if you do it mostly God's way and a little bit of your way, what kind of results you get? You might get a little bit, but they're tainted, are they not? So what makes us think when we do it his way for most of it in our way for a little bit of it that we are going to get the perfect result? But when we do it God's way, even though it looks foolish, what, is, what, is, what do we do that looks foolish? Let me ask you that. What's foolish? What seems to be foolish to other people in your life? When they say, well, that's a goofy. What is it? What kind, of, what kind of objections do you run across? Well, one thing is standing for your healing, believing God for your healing, when the medical profession is saying, you're going to die. You're going to die. You know? That's right. That's foolishness to them. If you don't do this right now, exactly as I say, then these are the results. Now, that's based on their experience, is it not? That's right. And is their experience inaccurate a lot of the times? It's not, is it? No. Because the average person will not do what the Word of God says to do. But there are exceptions, and we're those exceptions. We do what God says to do, and we, we stand, we walk, we talk, we agree with God until we see the manifestation of what God says belongs to us. All of that stuff is foolishness. The studying, the putting God's word in, the confessions, all of those things are foolishness to the world. But how many times have you laid your hands and prayed about something in your body and you had an immediate result? And how many times have you done it and as you went? I remember years and years ago, I went to a, I could not lift my arm, right arm. I couldn't lift it to a certain point. I forget which one it was at this point in time, but this is as far as I could go with it. And I was carrying my, uh, my um, purse and my books and whatever else, my briefcase, you know, always carried it. And, and so I'm thinking it's this arm and I couldn't do it. Well, I dealt with it for so long when I turned over in bed, the pain was so bad that it caused me to talk. And so I had had enough. I knew what the Word of God said, and I knew that it said I was healed. Obviously, my body was not lining up with the Word of God. And so I made a decision. And that Sunday when I went to church, after church, I'd be lying for my pastor, and I said, now listen, so I don't need you to pray for me. I want you to agree with me because at the amen, this is done. So I drew that line that I talk about. I will no longer, this does not belong to me, and I demand that my body line up. 
And I did. He prayed. I turned around and walked, and I was in the same amount of pain before the amen that I was after the amen. But I knew it was done. And I hung on to that. I don't think it was a couple of days. I don't really remember. But one day I was doing something or another, and the next thing I know, my arm was up in the air reaching for something and pulling it down. And I realized that there was no pain. And don't you love it when God does those things? But he did it 2,000 years ago. That's what our, our brain wraps. It has a hard time wrapping around sometimes. Well, if he did it, 2,000 years ago, then why is this pain talking to me? Why? You know, this week I had one of my knees, and I just got done talking about it in healing school. How I'd been delivered. I fell off a ladder. You know, it wasn't a big ladder. There was a small one. That's adds insult to injury. But I heard it. It twisted and went all like that. And, and you know, and I healed people. Don't do such and such. They walk, you know. So I walked for the next hour or two until I just absolutely couldn't stand the pain anymore. And by the end of the afternoon, I needed a cane to walk because that knee was like the size of a big fat football and it wasn't cooperating, not to mention how much it was screaming to me. I kept talking to him. Now, here's the kicker of all of this. I had healing school that night at my house. Just came from healing school. Went to a rental to do some work. This whole thing happened, messed up everything, and I had healing school that night. So what do you think the enemy's talking about? Yeah, you're some kind of big, you know, healing teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, and you can't even walk. You got a cane. I promise you, as God is my witness, the majority of people that came to healing school that night had something wrong. They had their knee wrapped. They had their leg wrapped. They limped in. They had pain in their hips. I mean, I kid you not. I'm thinking, you know, God knows exactly how he's going to turn evil into good. And um, he did not cause me to fall off that ladder. It was not him that sent it. You know, you have to know your enemy. If the thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. He's coming to wipe out a testimony. He's coming to put me out of commission. So anyway, by the end of the night, um, we got done with teaching because teaching the word of God, preaching, the power of God is present to heal. So when we got done teaching, preaching, then we prayed. And it was like, I don't know about you, but I do know about me. I got it. I got up. Now, I couldn't walk any better than I could the hour before. And I started walking. And as I walked around the house, talking to my body, I began to walk a little better. I got rid of the cane. By about the fourth time around, I had a small limp. And most of the pain was gone. Now, full disclosure, I, it took me several days to get to the point where there was almost zero pain. And it took me a little while later, I had a dog come up to me and hitting me right in that knee on the side, and I heard it go click, you know. Uh, and so I had a few more opportunities to say, well, you know what? It's because of this and because, uh, no. How is it because of that? particular point in time if I'm healed. What does that date, occurrence, revelation, doctor's report, what does that have to do with the truth that 2,000 years ago Jesus paid that price 
paid in full. I have my receipt. And I'm going to take my receipt, the word of God, and I'm going to put it up against every doubt, everything that comes against and says, you won't, you can't, you're going to have to live with it. And oh, by the way, remember, because remember that knee that hurts, that's back because of such and such. No, no, it has no, it's, it's, it's white noise, you know what I mean? White noise, static. It's designed, just like in Galatians 3, it's designed to get you to agree a little bit so he can get you into reason. Once you're into reason, you're in full agreement in the enemy's camp, you have let go of your faith because you have decided that he is right as opposed to God being truthful, right, ever-present, never leaving you, never forsaking you. Yeah, but. Well, but always negates everything that was said before. Yeah, but what I can tell you is Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God in operation in my life. It doesn't have any choice. It cannot not do what the word is demanding. And so you decide whose report you're going to agree with. You see how sneaky the enemy is, though? I mean, he's pretty crafty. If we would, if we would just take from him the craftiness he has and turn it around on him, we would be worlds ahead. You know, people give him so much credit that he's, uh, uh, they think, if you, if you listen, if you listen to the words, they think that he is omnipotent, that he's omnipresent, that he knows everything. I got to thinking about one day how to be able to frustrate because the enemy has got little minions that are sent. Does he not? All right. Do you think the devil's dealing with you? I just, when you, when you get your, when you get the manifestation of your healing or you pray for something and you stand in faith no matter what, don't you know the little minions go back and say, hey, boss, I tried. I mean, I tried, but you don't know her. You just, she just keeps it, you know, and it hurts. She sticks me with the sword. It kind of hurts. He said, I'm telling you to go back there. But then he's got to go up to report to the next guy and say, we're having a little difficulty. And he's got to go up to the next one. He said, this one's a really a big problem. I need reinforcements, you know, as opposed to how easy it is when the little minions come along and said, you know, Aunt Susie had that same problem, and they said this, and, you know, she tried to fight it for a couple months, and she lasted a year or two, but she finally gave up. Yeah, 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 I guess it's probably easier not to go through all that. We just give up now. We don't say that, but when we agree with the enemy, that's what we're doing. So they're running back and say, hey, boss, I think I got him. Just one more. Give me a little more time. I think I got him. See, when you think about, when you think about the hierarchy... Frustrate the little guys so they can frustrate the big ones. And then in that, just think about your preparing for you get bigger hierarchy, you got more muscles to fight because the power of God and the wisdom of God is in operation in your life. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Just take some of those little things apart. So it says, uh, but 23, but we, re we preach 
The power of God and the wisdom of God crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, the power of God, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. That's what we preach. Because the foolishness of God's, God is wiser than man. And the weakness of God is stronger than man. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh... Not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. Now think about this. By his stripes I am healed. What does the average person think about that? How can a few words change my situation? So remember in Malachi 3, it says this. God said, your words are stacked against me. Ouch. Ouch. What words? Any words that don't line up with his word are stacked against. That's an interesting thing. Think about a fortress that's been built up in your thinking. Now, have you ever run across somebody who says, um, uh, I don't believe healing is for today? Have you ever run across somebody who argues with you to keep the sickness? And then those that say, um, well, God gave it to me to teach me something. See, aren't you glad that you don't believe those things? But was there a time you did believe them? I had some great questions about some things. I had some big questions about some things. Why do good people get sick and die? And God says it rains on the just and the unjust. But the word of God will change anybody's situation for those that will work the word of God. The word is life. The word, it says, is medicine to your body, medicine. The war, how can the word be medicine to your body? Glory to God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins, begins, begins where the will of God is known. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the beginning point is the word of God, getting it in you, making a call a decision to believe that word more than you believe the reports and the symptoms. Now, I just read in one of the books that we have, phenomenal, and I've heard this uh, on a different account. Somebody had x-rays. This person had some kind of irritable bowel syndrome or Crohn's disease or something like that, and x-rays apparently show this particular thing. And um, so a lot of pain is associated with that. Plus, uh, in this particular case, the woman was diagnosed of not being able to have any children because of the results of Crohn's. Well, she got, she got fed up one day, and she, she took, she said, I was tired of seeing those x-rays lay there. So she put those x-rays on the table, and she opened up the Bible to a healing scripture and set it on top of there. Every time she went by she would quote a healing scripture. 
And I don't know how long it was, maybe three months or so, but um, she had a follow-up appointment. She went back to the doctor, and she took the x-rays with her, and he's looking at the x-rays. And he said, well, I don't know what that doctor saw because there's no Crohn's disease here. The word has actually changed the x-rays. I heard it with somebody, I think, with cancer years ago. Um, Kenneth Copeland talked about that. But here's the point of that, though, is that... Setting the Bible on top of the x-rays did not do anything. It was her faith hooked up with truth coming out of her mouth, responding that produced a change in her circumstances. Two years later, she came back to the ministry and she asked the pastor to pray for her, or excuse me, asked the pastor to um, uh, Kristen anoint, baptized her child that she was never supposed to be able to have. Glory to God. I mean, God is good all the time. So, 27, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised, God hath God chosen, yea, the things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are. Do you get that? Yes. We call things that are not as though they were. And here's what it says here. To bring to naught. You got a diagnosis today. You got inflammation You've got some part of your body that's worn out. You've got something in your body you're not supposed to be in your body. To bring to nothing things that are. To bring to nothing. Remember, have you ever heard people say, God created the universe out of nothing? Is that accurate? Watch my head. Let me help you. No. How did God create? With his words, with his faith, right? So he didn't create the universe out of nothing. He created with faith, his words in action. How do you think that you get rid of what is in your body that doesn't belong and you get things right and straightened out in your body, healed and whole? You act like God. Just act like, isn't that simple? It just seems so hard when we're doing it sometimes, doesn't it? Because all the pressures of things come. And I had this interesting thing happen the weekend before last, and it consumed my attention. It just, cons it wasn't a good thing. It consumed my attention. And every time I would give it to God, um, I'd be fine for a little while, but you know, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and this thing would be pressing on my brain. It was just heavy. And I'm thinking, oh God, what am I gonna do? Oh God, there's nothing I can do but believe you and trust you. I gave it to you, I took it back. I was sleeping and I took it back. I don't know what the problem with that is. Can I just give it back to you? And so we go through this most of the weekend until I finally said that Monday morning, I said, Lord, I said, you know everything. I said, but once and for all, I need a resolution. I need this person to call me, and I thank you for it. I knew something clicked inside of me. And um, I was doing something, I made a call, and I, I, I hung up, and I got a call. 
mean, who do you think it was? That person that I needed to talk to to resolve this thing. And I think God is faithful. That's a little nothing. Somebody would think that'd be insignificant, but it took energy and time away from me. And as much as I <laughs> gave it to God, I snuck back and got it. Now, all that produces is more of the enemy's territory in my life. So you have to get somewhere. How do you get there? You get your eyes on what you want, not what you have or what you're missing. You talk to that problem as if it's whole and healed. I'll tell you what, you have to line up. You are healed. I'm not trying to get healed. I am not working and energizing myself to get healed. But I am healed, and I demand that you line up. You get where you're supposed to be. Get off of me. I'll not have you. And, you know, a lot of times people put a lot of emphasis on the devil. Get off of me in the name of Jesus, and you will not do this, and you will not do this, and you will not do this. And All you're doing is energizing his base. Tell him what you need to tell him, and focus on Jesus. Jesus is the healer. Focus on the answer, not the problem. Get off the problem. Because the more you rehearse the problem, the bigger it gets and the more territory it takes up in you. Talk about the answer. I'll tell you what. Listen, I value Dr. So-and-so and he's praise you and I just give you glory and I thank you and give him great wisdom. But I thank you, I value my healer, Jesus, the most. You already did it, Jesus. It's already done. My body has to line up. Body, you hear this? You line up to the word of God. I'm not taking anything less. I'm not living with it. I'm not dealing with it. You know, I always tell people when they're, when they're living with symptoms, it's like having a sewer line run through the main part of your house with holes in it. Okay, can you picture that? Kind of stinks, number one. Who wants a sewer line in their house with holes in it? Who wants a sewer line in the middle of their house no matter what? You got it, but you want them concealed, hid, and, and sealed up real good. You want no odors coming out. So if you don't deal with what's coming your way and you allow it in your realm, you're going to be defiled by it is what it amounts to. So you have to take authority over it. You have to get rid of it in the name of Jesus. And you trust God. Who does the work in this process? You or God? What is actually working? The Word. The Word. Let the Word work. You know, we go after the devils and I'll, let the Word work. Let the Word work. Let the Word do the work. The Word is alive and working in me, bringing peace and healing and wholeness to every part of my body. I even pray for the blades of grass in my house. <laughs> it's like every blade of grass covered in the blood, healed, whole, delivered. Listen, it's my property. God gave it to me. He created flowers. Why can't I have beautiful ones? Amen. So little things and big things. God cares about the little things. We were in the uh, prayer room a couple of weeks ago, and, and um, one of the lovely ladies had a word from God, and she said, somebody's, I don't know if it was a hangnail or a toe or some, something of that nature is being healed right now. And she said, there I said it. So, you know, it was like a little struggle to get it out thinking. And I just heard like a chuckle from God, you know. And, um, and so this is, what, um, this is what came out of me. And so somebody just laughed about it. He said, but I'm the God of the little things. I care about the little things. It may be a little thing to you, but it may be a big monumental 
uh, uh, problem to that person dealing with pain or whatever. And so what is little to one, what is big to another? And God is the author. He wants you whole. Somebody turn to um, 3 John, 3 John 2 and read that for me. Two. Mm-hmm. Um, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health, even as your soul as well. What's your soul? Mind, will, emotions. Mind, will, and emotions. So uh, King James says this, this way, I pray that you be in health and prosper, even as your soul prospers, be in health. So God just told us all, it is my desire for you to be in health. Not only to be in health, but to prosper as your mind, your will, your emotions. Remember in the scriptures, you're born again, you're a brand new creation created in Christ Jesus. But there's another scripture that says you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What is he talking about there? Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, be not conformed, but be ye, constant state of being, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what are we to renew our mind to? The word. the word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God. And you know, I would like to tell you that you can get there and be done, but that is never the case. You are constantly renewing your mind. And I bet you all of us can think of something goofy at this point in time of how we think or whatever that we want to be free from. I can think of a few little things. I'm thinking, oh, God, I've been fighting that for a long time. Well, quit fighting and be free because he made me free. I'm not trying to be free. You can get that concept in you. You don't have to try to be free. You already are free. Now start acting like it. You will never act on something you don't believe in. So if you don't believe you're already free, how are you going to react? How are you going to act? Can you think? So if you believe that you're the sick trying to get healed, you're going to be begging God. You're going to be asking people to pray and pray. Will you pray for me? Oh, don't forget to pray for me. I really need prayer. And prayer is a great thing. But if you're asking a whole bunch of people to pray, the other side of that is, do you think your prayers are effective? Are you believing you receive at the Amen. See, so all of that stuff for me is a renewing of your mind because you're constantly renewing to get to the point that you believe the word of God above everything else. And you will act on what you believe. All right. So verse uh, 29 says that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are you in Christ, the anointed one, his anointing, the power of God. Are ye in the power of God and the wisdom of God? Would you like to operate in the power of God and the wisdom of God in every area of your life? I would. I would. So every time I read a scripture where Christ is concerned, I say, I got the power of God and the wisdom of God inside of me. Now, what does it say in the scriptures? It's the same, if the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, what happens? It will quicken, make alive our mortal body. When's the last time you released that power? You know, take your little hands and shake them out for me. Just put them right on your belly and say this, I release. I release. 
the miracle, the creative, the dunamis, power of God that is inside of me, to my body and outside in Jesus' name. Now, I don't go by feelings, but did you feel anything? I did. I did. I did. You know, feelings, we don't go by feelings, but they're sure nice sometimes anyway. And some days you'll know, oh, the anointing. The anointing is present to heal. I can tell you, believe the scripture. You don't have to, you know, it's good if you believe me because I'm a representative of God at this moment, but believe the scripture. And I know, I just know that I know that I know that it's here. So, but when you think about that, do that. Release that power. Release that power to yourself. Heaven, as on earth, as it's done in heaven, many people are trying to get the power of heaven down to them to heal them. Where is the power of God? It's within you. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, does it? Yes, amen. It will quicken. Thank you, Father, that your power is quickening my mortal body right now. It's driving out every sickness, every disease. I have the wisdom of God in operation. I have the power of God in operation. I am what you created me to be. I'm brand new. Old things have passed away. I am victorious. I am the head. I am not the tail. I am above. I am not beneath. And whatever I set my hands to prospers. I have sweatless victories. Sweatless victories. I'm a sweatless victory looking to go forth. You know, what do you say about yourself? I'm anointed to teach, preach, study, lay hands on the sick and see instant recovery. To operate in the fullness of God and the gospel. What do you say about yourself? See, what you believe is how you respond. And so when somebody comes up needing healing for something, I was out in the car this morning when I drove up and somebody called me and says, I got somebody who really needs prayer. Do you have time? I say, I always have time. And we prayed. God showed up. Instant results. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles away. No time or distance in the spirit. Stir those things up in you. Stir those things up. First for yourself. You can't give out what you don't have. You can't give out what you do not have. So if your tank is empty, whose fault is it? It's not hard to fill up. Now, some days you don't want to, right? Be honest. God knows all the ins and outs. Some days you don't want to. Some days I listen to a tape so much that it's like, oh, please, not again. And you know what my little finger goes to turn it back on again or hit the button or whatever. Why? Because when you're so full that you think, if I have to hear that again, that truth is an opportunity to break through all the strongholds of thinking that you've developed. I got one thing in particular I'm working on and I'm having to renew my mind because I haven't seen consistent results. I get results and I'm good for two years or three years and then it seems like I'm right back 
fighting a battle that I have no business, first of all, fighting, that I've already been victorious because God says I am. And so what is the common denominator? My thinking has not been fully renewed. And I don't think that I have it. I'm trying to get it. And so at the beginning of the year, I heard this thought, well, you know, after all these years, um, what makes you think this year is any different? You're not going to get it. Why don't you just give up? It's okay. Just, you can like yourself the way you're at, you know. And for a moment in time, I believed the lie. And I got to thinking one day, who is that talking to me? Subtle, crafty. It makes perfect sense. Who operates in the sense world? When is the last time God told you, listen, you have reached high enough, I want you to stop? Have you ever heard that from God? Well, will you think about this? The angels have been going around the throne room in every revelation for centuries, for eons, since God and going around. And every time they go around, they see a new facet of God. If that is the case, and the scripture says it is, why are we living so far below now, I don't know about you, but I know about me, and some of my years are in my rearview mirror. Some of them I can't even see the number back there. It's been so long ago. So part of what comes up is, yeah, but you are this old. Maybe that's for the young people. Have you ever had that thought? Where do you think that thought comes from? Pit of hell, Maybe. One of the little, the one, one of the little, the low carry boys, little job to convince you. Think about it. You got to examine. You got to examine those things that you think. But God said, perhaps I called you for such a time as this. Do you ever think, God, I think you might have called me to the wrong time. Are you sure you put me here at this time? You know, you're looking at things going on. Your little knees are going, oh, but can you stand? And yet you get in the middle of a situation and all of a sudden there's boldness that rises up in there because it's already in there. Will you allow it to flow out? But see, those are all thoughts. Those are all, you know, TIS, thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. Thoughts, TIS, TIS, TIS. Let me think that. It doesn't say ideas, does it? Yeah. Thoughts, ideas, and suggestions, T-I-S. Those are what the enemy works with. That's what he has to convince you. How easily convinced are you that you let go of the things of God in favor of lack, in favor of, oh, I can live with this. You know, a sniffle hits us. We ought to just put on the gloves, you know, beat up what we need to be beat up and then get in praise and glory. Not a second not a second. You got a virus. You know how they're f pushing all the flu shots these days? No. I mean, pushing. It was before the old people had to take the flu shots. And now it's not only the old people, it's the young people in every part of it. And if you don't do this, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, I know what's wrong with me. Psalms 91 and I, we spent a little time together. 
So, you know, but I, that is my revelation. That's not your revelation unless you make it your revelation. If you run around and say, oh, you know, blah, 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 I'm just covered by the blood, and you don't have any real belief in the word of God that was sent to set you free, then you're spouting like a parrot would spout, but you have no real substance that you're tapping into. So you have to tap into the substance which is the word of God. These are all real basic things, and we take them for granted because most of us have walked in the things of God for a long time. But I love baked potatoes. I don't know what your favorite food is. I've eaten more than one baked potato. I might have had one last week. I may have another one next week. The word of God is consumed. We use natural food to give energies to our body. The word of God is our spiritual food. You can't go in to a fight and stand strong when you have no substance in you. And the word of God is your strength. It's your shield. It does the work, but it requires your physical body. I like what Charles Cap says. Um, when the, when the enemy's been messing with him a long time, he said, take out your birth certificate and show it to him because he doesn't have one. I thought that's really good. That's what allows us to be. Otherwise, we'd be born again and we'd be gone, right? But God intended for us to be victorious in these bodies. And so we have to subdue the bodies. So, okay, here's the real message today now. What makes you prepared? <laughs> what makes you prepared? where the word of God is concerned. It's knowing the will of God. And the will of God and the word of God are the same thing. Always the same thing. No word, no power. No power, no results. The word is life to those that find them. Health, medicine to all their flesh. Psalms 107.20 says he sent his word and healed, H-E-A-L-E-D, healed them. Did he heal you? Amen. So if he healed you, are you healed? Yes. Are you the sick trying to get healed or are you the healed? You come from a different perspective when you settle the fact that you are healed. Now your brain's going to make you tilt and say, well, if you are healed, then how come? How come you hurt? How come this is swollen? How come this is talking? Why is that? So what's the answer to that? Are you lying when you say that you're healed? What are you doing? You're, you're agreeing with God. So who has truth, the devil or God? God has truth. I'm just agreeing with my dad. My dad says I'm healed. He watches over his word to perform it. I am doing what he told me to do and agreeing with him. And the corresponding action produces that thing which you need in your body. Proverbs 4.20, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ear into my saying. Let God's word not depart from your eyes. Keep God's word in the midst of your heart for God's word. They are life unto those that find them. When you're finding, when you're hunting for a diamond, are they typically on top of the soil? No. You have to do something to those that find them and health or medicine 
to all their flesh. So here's your medicine. Here's your medicine. If you give it no attention, if you give it no place, purpose in your life, then it has no place, no purpose, no power, no attention to make the things that are wrong get in line to what God says belongs to them. Does that make sense? You know, we're not, we're not in this battle with sickness and disease. We are really getting ourselves by the ear and doing a Romans 12, 1 and 2. That's what we're doing. We're not conforming, but transforming. Transformation, I always think a caterpillar to a butterfly. Now, we were transformed. We were made brand new. The old thing went away, and we are brand new, and what God says we are. So the the soulish realm, the mind, the will, and emotion is what needs to be changed every day, every day. Do you know that you leak when you put some word in you today, tomorrow something has happened, you used up, you leaked out, you gave away that which you put in you? And so you think of it like food. Did you eat yesterday? Plan on eating today? Or are you going to wait till next Sunday to eat? How many people do that spiritually, though? They ate Sunday for 30 minutes, and they don't have to do anything more again. And in Sunday to the Sunday, they're under every circumstance imaginable, and then crying why God doesn't do something. He did. He did. He already did. So... Faith begins where the will of God is known. Head knowledge is not enough. It's not going to do it for you. It's got to get from here to here. And I'll have a lot of questions that people say, well, how do I get it from here to here? And how do you know that it's there? I'll tell you what, you know when it's there. You don't always know when it's not there, and that's a clue that it's not there. So if you're questioning whether it's there or not, it's not, go back and go back to the well and get what you need, and just keep filling up and filling up and fill it out. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. What are you speaking? You know, and I like to think about, what about the friend that calls you on the phone and says, listen, I'm just really checking on you. I want to make sure everything's okay. How are you doing? And they're well-meaning. It's all good. And sometimes I need, I need to cut through some things, and I have to say to somebody, tell me what we're praying for here. Because I hear your words but I know there's something more, and I'm not exactly sure how to go after it. So tell me what you're agreeing for. You don't have to say that anything, but they said this. But you don't talk that. You don't tell 100 people that. You know, when um, uh, I was going through some hard things, and there's a few in here that I would text, and I'd say, or somebody would text me and say, all is well. And because um, there's nothing else I could say at that point. All is well. Standing not being moved by any circumstance. They knew exactly what we were talking about. We were fighting the good fight of faith. We are believing God, but we're not going to give the enemy any opportunity to come in and steal and let us reason. Well, you know somebody didn't do such and such, and this is what happened to them. You don't need that stuff when you're in the fight of your life. You need life, 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 life. And just keep telling yourself, I need life. 
I need life. I got life in me. Life is working in me right now, even now, making this work and making that work. Just keep telling yourself, and you will eventually get it from here to here. It will click. It will anchor in, and you will know that you know that you know, and something will change in your thinking. It's like, mm -mm, I know I got it. Thank you. And those people that are trying to pull you into, oh, oh well, you know, you already know. Oh, no, thank you. I know that I am walking with God. I know I have this. Yeah, but. Mm -mm. And, those, and that's why it's really important. Remember the, um, Jesus prayed for several people, but one, he said, don't go back into that city. How, how long do you think it takes before you're robbed of what you believe when you saturate yourself with um, people that could be believers but not believing in healing today? You know. How many people have you heard of that just, you know, they, they can do everything else but come to a healing meeting to get free. They don't have the confidence that anything will change. So they don't want to come and get the word of God. You know, I guess we're all there at some point in time but renewing your mind and encouraging and just encouraging yourself like you encourage somebody else. Okay, believing God's word is a quality decision. It starts with making the decision to believe God's word. If you don't believe God's word or if you mentally ascend to God's word, it will never produce corresponding actions. So I can give you a whole bunch of scriptures, 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5.23 that God wants us well. 3 John 3, 2, Psalms 107, 20, 1 Peter 2, 24, Isaiah 53, 4, and Proverbs 4, what we already read, 20 to 22. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And that is uh, Proverbs uh, 18, 21. Uh, believing God's word means there's going to be a corresponding action. So where health and healing are concerned, what is a corresponding action? It's being that you take time to get the word of God in and then you speak from the position of seated at the right hand with Jesus. You speak that you already have and what the word is doing and praising God that he sent his word and he healed me and he delivered me of all destruction. You speak as if you see with your natural eyes that it's already done. And if you cannot spend time closing your eyes at night and just picturing yourself what you look like, whole, healed, how do you act, what do you do? Just it takes 10 or 20 seconds to do that. Get a vivid picture and let, let yourself have something to work with. Get the vision. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. They perish for no vision. Get your vision out. Everybody should have a vision of what they want. Healing, whatever it is, freedom, financial, debt-free, what, whatever that is, God provides it. He made an axe head float. Hey, you know, the guy borrowed the axe. He used it. In the middle of it, it broke apart, and the axe head went down to the bottom. He goes to the prophet of God and says, Hey, man, not only am I out of axe, but I'm out out too because I borrowed it. So I got <laughs> to give it back. I got to buy a new one, and I don't even have one. As a, and what happened? Prophet of God, tell him what the axe head floated. Now, I think about that sometimes, that uh, miracle about the axe head floating. And I thought, how many people would have gone to try to get a resolution, number one. Number two, 
So he told them what to do. And how many people believed what to do? Number three, how many people responded in what to do? And then the axe head's floating. You know, can you think, hey, the axe head's floating, the axe head's floating. Somebody still had to go get it out of the water. You know, there's all those steps involved. We think God poofs it to us, but there are steps in the process that we need to do. So um, you act upon what you believe. And just think about this real practical thing. You know, just think you're sitting around talking with friends in a meeting hall somewhere and people are coming and going and a fire alarm goes off. I have, you know, I've been there, I can tell you how many different times. And everybody sits around going, is it real? Is it? <laughs> I mean, that's how we are sometimes with the word of God. We say, well, is it, is it real? I'm going to wait to see if I see anything or smell anything before I move. Have you ever been in that situation? I've been there a lot of times in a meeting. It's like, oh, because we, we had drills. And so you just kind of assume it's a drill. And it's kind of like, oh, I got to take my stuff. You can't take anything. You got to leave everything. You got to go to the protocol. And um, as a leader, you're supposed to be up and moving. But you're like the rest of them and thinking, oh, my gosh, is it real? Do we have to do this? Well, the word of God is real. Do you act like it's real? Or do you like, act like it's a false alarm and it doesn't affect you? A lot of times we act like it's, it's not going to do. I haven't seen it do, so it's not going to do what it's supposed to. When you go to pray for somebody, do you believe there's going to be an instant change? I have to pray for people, and I do know. But I, I can't tell you I did it from day one. You know. And how about those times when God tells you to pray for somebody, and you think, oh, God, you know how many people are here? You know, and so that's all I like to say. I close my eyes so they can't see me. I don't care what they're doing. It doesn't make any difference. I'm going to obey God because I've seen so many miracles that way. All right. So knowing. So uh, um, knowing is the next topic. God sent his son. You have to know. The faith begins where the will of God is known. Jesus did all the hard stuff. That's the, you know, when you think about that, Jesus did all the hard stuff our job is to believe and act on what we believe. And we think it's a big thing to have to pray in front of all these people. So what? How is that hard? Do you have to take those stripes on your back and have your flesh torn off of you? And all that? And Jesus did that, gave us the paid-for receipt. All we have to do is use the authority that God gave us and stand against the theft that's gone on in the body of Christ. People going home early. I think how many people have gone home early and taken the anointing, the plans, and the purposes that God put in their life because they went home early. You know, thank God they're in heaven, but we're missing some parts of the body. So um, we must believe. We have to believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. So you go back to how did you get saved? Somebody told you something. You believed. You took action. How does healing get manifested in you? Somebody tells you something about the word of God, the power of God, the wisdom of God. You believed. You took possession and you took action. Same power that forgave you healed you. Past tense, right? Good deal. So know something about your enemy. We talked about this. The methods. He's an accuser. He's a tormentor. He's always contrary to God's word. But do you remember 
When he tempted Jesus, what happened? He gave him a sliver of truth. Jesus said it is written, but the enemy brought some scripture in, didn't he? He brought a sliver of it, because when the first time you read that, you think, well, that's scripture. But Jesus had the intent behind the scripture, and he said, it is written. Jesus, at that point, was he God or man? He was man. Didn't it say he laid down all his deity? Let's say it this way. He laid down all his power. He laid down everything, and all he did was what God said or what he heard God say or God told him to do. So he was man fighting the enemy. What did he use? It is written. So what are we to do? It is written. I like, I think it was uh, Jerry or Jesse or somebody put a sticker on the bottom of their feet. And they ran around with the sticker, and finally somebody said, what is that? And um, the sticker um, uh, was a message to the enemy, I think is what it was, <laughs> that he was under his feet, you know. And I thought, good reminder. So what position are we coming from? Already done versus going to be done. Already done. So your position matters. So you have to know your enemy's methods um, and his his wiles, thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. Um, relying on the Holy Spirit is the real key to getting through some of the hard things. Being quiet and listening to the Word of God. Don't discard the small things because one word sometimes will be the biggest revelation you ever had. So meditate on the Word. Get it so deep inside of you that somebody said something about something amiss in you, you think, well, what are they talking about? You already are so entrenched that you are healed, that you are prosperous. Expect money to come your way. You're a tither and a giver. Call it. Call it. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed for money from unexpected places for people, and it comes. I remember the first time it came, is like, oh, wow, that's a good thing. <laughs> but God watches over his word to perform it. Faith goes forth. Now remember I did this before, but faith is the hand that gets it. You know, in this process, the devil's blocking all the results. That you pray, you believe that you receive it. And while faith is bringing it into existence, you don't see anything because the devil is doing everything he can to keep you from getting it. And it's in the spiritual realm anyway. So we get it, but it will appear in the natural. There is seed, time, and harvest. All right, so if you need healing for your body today or for you just like for us to pray and stand in agreement with you, would you just come up to the front, every other seat, and we will pray. And Father, we just thank you, praise you for your word. Lord, I thank you that the healer's in the house and signs follow the preaching of the word. Very simple, very basic, but Lord, powerful. Your word is always powerful. I thank you, Lord. Faith is a grain of a mustard seed, a seed. I'm so grateful we don't plant the end products, but we plant seeds that grow up and become and in this case, healing, restoration, 
miraculous signs and wonders. I thank you for creative miracles in our bodies today. Thank you for eyes that see and ears that hear physically and spiritually. I thank you for hearts that receive your word and are changed to the glory of God, to your glory, Father. I thank you, Lord, for every wonderful thing you're doing in our midst. And Father, I just boldly declare that we are who you say that we are. And we are going forth to reach the kingdom, to reach the unsaved, to reach your creation with healing and wholeness and restoration and salvation. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.